Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to give you some essential advice on how to answer interview questions better than your competition. We'll cover some top interview questions. Heck, I may even answer one and show you how you should answer them like a champ. Today, I brought on the legendary Madeline Mann. Madeline Mann is an HR and recruiting leader who has built an audience of over half a million people and is known for her award-winning job search YouTube channel, Self Made Millennial. Mann's career coaching programs have led to thousands of success stories, and her work has been featured on ABC, Bloomberg, New York Times, and more. The self-made millennial has been named a top five career YouTube channel by Career Karma, and she currently has the number two career-focused TikTok channel, second only to Gary Vee himself. So let's talk about interviews, because there is so much more than meets the eye when it's game time and you're answering those interview questions. Let's launch right into it with our episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Madeline, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I would love to kick into it and talk about misconceptions when it comes to the interview. And I know one of the reasons that you were so excited to get your own business kicked off and to start making content around job search, around interviews and resumes and things like that is because you saw that there was such a big knowledge gap there. So what are some of the misconceptions about interviews? And yeah, what do people need to know about the truth? Chris, I come from the background of human resources where I was in the back room with all of these executives and hiring managers hearing exactly what they had to say after these job interviews. And there's a difference between the way we've been taught to interview and the way we should interview. The way we've been taught is go into the interview and just answer the questions that they have for you to the best of your ability. When really we need to go into the interview, understanding exactly what we need to convey to make sure that they see us as a great fit for the role. So us understanding which experiences do I want to make sure I definitely say in the interview, or what do I need to make sure is clarified in the interview? And so when you come in with this deeper knowledge and deeper strategy, you are then able to answer the questions they ask in the way that they're actually meaning for the questions to be versus answering them yeah. at the surface level. Too often we answer the surface level and that's why we don't land the job. That makes so much sense. I remember when I was applying for a corporate management trainee position at Burger King. And for those of you curious, I did not get the job, but I was in college applying for this job and they asked me the question, like, if you had a million dollars right now, what would you do with that million dollars? And I thought it was such a crazy question at the time, like, come on, guys, Burger King corporate. But they were trying to figure out how my mind worked, really, and, you know, what I would do with that to hear that process. So for you to say that it's so much deeper than just answering the question, I think makes so much sense because people formulate some good interview questions sometimes, don't they? Exactly. And the, the million dollar question is, is to understand what do you value, right? If you reposition the question as, what do I value in this world, especially as it is going to be relevant to an employer? You change the question in your head. Now you answer in a completely different way versus saying something like, well, okay, so my bike just broke down the other day, so I need to get that repaired and da, 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 right? It's like, no, 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 that question is so much bigger. Right, right. That makes sense. 
And so one thing you advocate for, I know, and some of your content is stories. And I'm a huge fan of stories. I can tell them all day. Why stories? Why are they so important when it comes to the interview? I think a lot of job seekers, they go to my YouTube channel and the number one video I have on there is how to answer behavioral interview questions. And this video has led to so many success stories and people's minds being blown. And behavioral interview questions are, tell me about a time when, where they're asking for stories. Tell me about an example. And whether you're asked a tell me about a time when question or a different question where they're just asking about, well, how do you prioritize your tasks? Telling stories is so much more impactful. So the reason why is we're often taught in the job search to self-describe. This is how you convince them to think that you're a great candidate is you say, well, I am hardworking. I am detail oriented. (laughs) You you give them all these descriptors and they walk away from the interview saying, believe you, or I don't really have any evidence that you actually are those things. I need, yeah. I need some other evidence. And when you tell a story, you don't have to say I'm detail oriented. Instead, you can say how you built out a detailed process on how the office operations were going to function. And through okay. that story, they're able to see, oh my gosh, this is what it would feel like to work with Chris. He is so detail-oriented. We need to hire him. And so when you focus on stories, you become much more memorable and you're able to really cut through the noise and show them instead of tell them what your character is. Okay, that makes so much sense and such a good answer. I think people need to hear this because I know when I was doing interviews, I would often just answer things generally or you know, I would give examples too and they would be really shallow examples of why I was detail-oriented or something like that. But yeah, I think giving stories and really hitting it home because people remember stories, right? They remember a character, they remember, you know, the setting and all that kinds of things. So if I think if you want to stand out as a candidate and be the person that's remembered out of the so-and-so amount, you know, that your competition, then I think you need stories to sell. I think that's great. In practice, though, I have to ask, so what does that look like? Does that mean this person asks, okay, tell me about a time that you were detail-oriented, and then you say, once upon a time, and, and get it started? What does that look like? Yeah, so I would say you want to come into any interview with your greatest hits. The stories that you are going to try to work your way into telling in any point And what we find is so many examples from our career can fit multiple of these questions and actually endless versions of these questions. So my answer for tell me about a time when you're detail-oriented could also be the same answer for tell me about a time you created a new process. Tell me about a time you did something that no one asked you to do and you came up with yourself. Tell me about a time you solved a problem. Tell me about a time you improved a process, whatever it is. And so these things are actually, people think, oh, I have to come up with a new story every time. No, you have your greatest hits. And I actually have a story toolbox that I, it's, it's like a free download that people can have where they think of the answer to these questions and they actually realize, oh, wow, this can match so many different situations. And so when you have those greatest hits, you can really go into the interview with those answers. Right. And that makes so much sense. And I remember in our in our last conversation, you said that the magic of examples and story is that, you know, it, it shows people how you think and how they can picture you within a role. So for me, what that sounds like is, OK, I'm hiring for Sam, the, the hiring person and I'm hiring for 
a salesperson and this person tells a convincing time to where they were, you know, pushing past all those cold calls when it was really hard and there were tons of rejections, then I almost imagine that person within, you know, the future, you know, doing those things for my organization. So I think that's powerful and wanted to see if you had anything else to elaborate on that. Yeah, definitely. I think them really seeing you in the role is super important. And it's those specifics. I think that if you are always generic, and I would say that being generic and being long-winded are two of the biggest things that I've seen hiring managers reject people. And so if you can be both specific, keep your stories concise, but also you know, make sure that they are, you know, not going on forever. I think that can really help to make sure that this person really sees you in the role. Okay, excellent. And I want to kick into some of the top interview questions and and see how job seekers should answer or start to think about these questions. So Madeline, let's kick right into these top interview questions. What is a good question as a job seeker that I should be thinking about? So I would say number one is tell me about yourself. This question is always asked in essentially every job interview. Um, they're also going to ask you, why did you leave your last job? Why do you want to work here? And they'll also always ask you, what questions do you have for me? Well, almost always. Okay, that's that's good. I want to unpack that question just a little bit, the tell me about yourself, because I know it's often like an opener question that a lot of people get asked, especially during behavioral interviews. But how should I begin to answer the question, tell me about yourself or the command technically? For tell me about yourself, the biggest mistake I see people make is they really start to either they start telling their life story. So I grew up in Los Angeles and blah, blah, blah. And they really start from the beginning, which is a very natural thing to do. The other thing that they do is they think that this is the main event. They say, okay, I'm going to go through my entire resume right now. And I have interviewed, especially executive candidates, this happens quite a bit, is they will spend 15 minutes going through their entire resume. And I'm telling you right now, this answer should be about 90 seconds. It's just to orient the interviewer to understand what, you know, why are you here? What are some of the important things I need to know about you? Because I just came from another meeting and I just looked at your resume either for the first time or I looked at it a few days ago and I haven't reviewed it since. Just help me get oriented. That is the goal of this question. And then after you answer this lickety split, we're going to move on to the actual questions they want to ask you. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so when we say tell me about yourself. It's helping the person get oriented. And I think there's a really good opportunity to inject something impressive or something to remember that to help you stand out. Correct? Yeah, I would say I wouldn't overthink it. So I have a full worksheet on this that as I describe this, your listeners can follow along that worksheet. I believe we'll, we'll link it for them. And so what you want to do is you want to brand yourself right off the top. What kind of professional are you? I have been in the renewable energy industry for seven years, and I'm currently the customer success manager at ABC Company, right? So just like really branding yourself up at the top and making sure that whatever you're branding yourself as is directly in line with what you're going for. There's a lot more to say there as far as if you're career changing, how to find the through line and all those things that I coach people on. But essentially, you want to hit them up top. Boom. Who am I? Then you want to go through your highlight reel. 
So this is giving them a touching on a few of your past accomplishments at different roles, just to give them a preview at your expertise. So I typically recommend doing this in reverse chronological order because the hiring team typically is more interested in your more recent experience than earlier experience. But sometimes you can do it in chronological order from past to most recent if your story is a bit more disjointed and it makes more sense to tell it in order. And then the final part is to say why you're here. This is such an amazing way to wrap up this question because it helps you to not trail off at the end. You say, and the reason why I'm here in this interview with you, Chris, is because when I saw this role, I was interested in it for XYZ reasons. That really puts them into this great position to then start the rest of the interview and say, okay, great. Now I know why you're here. Now I know where you've been. Let's dive into more of your skills that you just named. Awesome. And thank you so much for delving so much into that question, because I know it's one that really is more than meets the eye. And it's one that a lot of people get wrong. And I know for me, when I was interviewing, I would trail off to do exactly what you're talking about. And I would just keep going and going. And then my answer got weaker and and weaker. And so it wasn't very powerful. And so I think getting those things done concisely, and I'm a huge fan of timing myself and practicing out loud. So I think things like that can help you to kick off the interview to a really good start. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. So let's move on to the second question here. What's another top interview question that I should prepare for? Well, one, Chris, that I think people underestimate is where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, Have you ever been asked this before? Yeah, that's such a good one. I love it and I hate it. (laughs) Like, what am I, a fortune teller? But I will be one for you. So I think what you just said is so poignant in none of us know where we're going to be in five years. I think if all of us look back five years ago, man, things have changed changed, our ideas of what we want have changed, all those things. But really what they're asking, they're not actually looking for an accurate answer of where you'll be in five years. They are simply trying to understand what do you want and how does this role play into what you want? Okay. What do I want and how does this role play into what I want? Yes. So the biggest mistake people make is they say things like, Well, in five years, I'd like to own a house and I potentially like to start my own side business selling jewelry. And I would like to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So obviously, you know, those are things that are not important to the company. They're not really interested in those things. And they could also talk about some professional things that are wrong. You might say things like, let's say you are, again, maybe in this this customer support role. Maybe you say things like, well, I've always really wanted to go into more of like a sales role. I've always been really interested in human resources or something like that. Instantly, you just got disqualified because you're basically saying, I don't want this job. This job is just to fill a hole until I get the job I actually want. And so they just picture you walking out the door six months into this role when that next job pops up. Another thing that you might say is, well, yeah, I want to be the manager. I want this or I want that where you're basically saying titles. And that's a huge misconception. You don't actually need to say a job title in your answer. Instead, you can focus on a lot of other things. So some of the other things you can focus on are skills you would like to build or ways you would like to mentor others or the path you would like to take. So an example could be over the next five years, I want to get into this customer success role and really learn the craft, dive deep into it and become one of the top customer success people on the team. From there, I'd like to build my skills 
and be able to mentor other people on the team and be someone who others go to. And also, I would love to be the person at the company who potentially is the source of truth for the best practices on this team. So you're basically talking about all of the outcomes that would happen from you getting a promotion or all of those things without saying the title because the company doesn't care, oh, I want this title, want that title, because titles mean nothing unless you're earning them and you're growing. So just name the things you would do to get the title and the way you would grow in the business. And then they'll say, wow, okay, this person's priorities, the way they see themselves in the next five years is their growth path within this business. Okay. So Madeline, I'm going to pause right there. And I hate doing this, but I just feel like jumping out of my comfort zone here. But can I give you my answer for where I want to be in five years? And you can critique it as if almost as if I was a job seeker and help listeners out with some learning. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Now, granted, disclaimer, I haven't been interviewed in a long time and I'm probably not going to be good, but that's why I'm the perfect example here. But I'll speak, Madeline, just broadly about where I want to be five years within my company as a professional. So within five years, I would like to become a better leader. And overall, I know two skills that I want to work on are A, managing finances, and the second skill is leading with empathy. These are two really valuable things for my company because as the CEO of a growing business, you need to make sure to keep your profits in line. And as a CEO of a company, you need to lead people who are also going to execute. I know that these are two things that are I wouldn't say they're lacking for me, but I know that I have a lot of room for improvement here. So what I will be doing is committing myself to online classes for how to get better at finance and reading my favorite psychological books and actually getting out and meeting people and dealing with them. And to conclude, this is what I want to be in five years. That was really good. How did it feel for you? It was interesting because I, and thank you for that, but I kind of froze in the middle because I felt like... I didn't know where I was going after a certain point, but then I was able to stop and like sort of collect my thoughts there. But yeah, it's interesting. I felt a little bit excited, to be honest, because it's genuinely what I want to work on. So yeah. And so what you focused on was personal growth. You didn't name, oh, I need to, yeah, I need to have a certain title or, you know, anything like that. Of course, I mean, you already <laughs> you're at the top. So, but I mean, it's still, it's true. I think what you faced by how do I finish this answer is one of the toughest things about in the interview process. And so that's why it's always a good trick to have up your sleeve to always bring it back around to the company. So if you were talking to your own company, so you say, and I'm focused on, on, you know, building my leadership and my empathy. And so that's why I've been so excited about this role. I mean, I talked to Alice in the last interview and she said that she actually went through a leadership program through this company, which I would, if we have time at the end of this interview, I'd love to talk more about, right? So you're kind of just, you're just ending it by talking about the company, which is just kind of a way to put a bow on it. But I think that you just seeing, now I'm picturing you in my company saying, wow, okay, Chris is going to be someone who... I'm not seeing his salary as an expense. I'm seeing it as an investment. The Chris I get today when I hire him is not going to be the Chris I have in a few years because he is going to be growing himself and growing with the business. Awesome. That makes so much sense. You're you're directing people to be a little bit more conscious about the company and less about me, 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 because I think that's what a lot of people do. Exactly. So a few more questions here. I want to get to the question, what is your greatest strength? 
slash weakness. I don't know if that's both sides of the coin there. And how would I answer either what is my greatest strength or what is my greatest weakness, which I hate that second one. But yeah. I know. Okay. So I think that these questions come up so often and I would say, so we can start with what is your greatest strength? So what typically happens here or often can be a mistake here is to say truly, what is your favorite thing about you? And this is a mistake we make in so many different parts of the job search in that we are so close to our own story that we often think that others will see all the connections of how my favorite thing is storytelling. And but I'm going for human resources position and I clearly see how storytelling is important for human resources, but they're really looking for someone who can really build out certain processes and isn't going to let anything slip by and so that there's no, you know, legal battles or anything like that, right? So so it's like they we, don't really uh, want to know what your greatest strength is. Or they're not going to memorize it for the rest of their lives. Like they just want to know how you are within that role. Exactly. So you want to choose a strength that is relevant to the role you're going for. So look at the job description or reflect on the interviews you've been in and notice what is emphasized either multiple times or towards the top of the job description. And what I want you to do is think about which of those skills do you feel like you are absolutely rocking at and then give an example of why. So, you know, you might give like an example of if you are really great at storytelling and maybe that is perfect because you're going for a marketing role, you'd say, yeah, I'm great at storytelling. For example, I worked with a company who really wasn't getting any organic traffic to their website and all their Facebook ads were really, you know, falling flat. And so I was able to blah, 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 build out their brand story. Right. And so you give that example. And then it goes back to exactly what we were talking about earlier in the podcast is you're telling the story. So now it's super memorable of not only are you a storyteller, but they got to see an example of the way you think and the way you work. That example there. That is so good. And thanks for bringing back the whole story thing, because we need to drive that point home for job seekers. I think that's good. So conversely, the what is your greatest weakness question? Okay, greatest weakness. Now, once you learn this formula, I'm about to say, I think you'll want this question to be asked because it actually feels <laughs> really good to answer it right. Yeah. So what I would say is I'm not the type of person who says, oh, make up a, a fake weakness, right? Like I mm-hmm. work too hard. I'm always working. I need to step away, right? <laughs> Come on. It's not a real weakness. I'm a perfectionist. I always want to make sure everything is right and it tortures me. No, those are the most common responses and also the most cliche ones. Okay. And so what you want to do is you do want to come up with a weakness that's okay. It's a gentle dance, Chris. You want to come up with a weakness that is legitimate, but not an Achilles heel, not something that this would actually be detrimental if, like it, to your ability to do the job well. So you might name something you're not that great at. So for example... I might say, I'll be honest, I would say sales is something that I am not as great at. And I know that might sound a little funny because I'm going for a human resources role, but I've found that there's a lot of internal selling in a business, getting buy-in. That's something I really want to grow in. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part is explain how you're working on it. So you did this a little bit actually in your five years question or your answer is you started talking about what actions you will take and what actions you've already started to take, which is a really good sign that you're a self-starter and you're someone who's very proactive. So what I would say here is, 
you know, I noticed this in myself. And for example, I started doing X, Y, and Z. You know, I started reading certain books. I started practicing certain things. I started, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you want to get that. And then the third part is to explain the results you've had based on the work you've been doing to improve. So that might be, and, you know, based on my ability, I actually was able to roll out a new program and I got the best buy-in I've ever gotten. And, you know, I found that all of these executives were pushing their employees to attend my seminars because I had gotten that buy-in. So I'm, I feel like I'm making more progress, even though it doesn't feel natural to me. So okay. I end the answer like that. And then they go, oh, okay, great. Like that's something you need to work on, but you're so proactive. And honestly, this makes this answer fun because you sound humble, but you also sound proactive. It just paints you in the best possible light. Okay. Can I answer this question for you real quick? And then oh my gosh, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. Because this is true. Like under podcast listeners or employees at my company, this is the complete truth here. So I'll answer and just give my true weakness that I want to improve on. So my greatest professional weakness right now is dealing with administrative overload and staying organized. I know that sounds bad, but as a leader, I've had so many different things to juggle. See, now I'm like defending myself. That is not, <laughs> that's not good. No, no, um, keep going. So I know it's something that I need to work on because sometimes I'll find myself getting caught up in the minutia of all my emails and meetings and the things that I need to do to stay organized and on top of things. So what I am doing as a leader or as a manager is I'm looking to get more organized with my calendar and planning out my week actually the week before versus just diving into it and having the vision while I'm in it. I actually want to get the vision beforehand. So with this thing and also with hiring other people who are more organized than I am, that I will be able to achieve the vision of being more organized. I like it. Okay. How did that feel for you? Worse than the first answer, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can kind of like talk through things sometimes. I don't know whether it's like the podcast or something, but it was okay. I know it could have been better. You know, what's interesting, Chris, is it, it's, this is the difficulty about the job interview is you're interviewing me. I'm talking to you and it feels so natural. And then when you have to answer these questions, it suddenly feels heavy and and like we have to say the right answer and it's that's such a tough part of the job interview is sometimes we even like lose ourselves we lose our personality even in our interview answer because it's like these questions are very difficult and our minds are going in a lot of different directions so i would say for your answer i felt like you chose a good example right i think being better organized it could like i think you could have taken that answer in a bad direction where I'd realize, I think, okay, Chris might not be able to handle this. Like, cause being organized is so important, but I think you took it in the right direction of the fact that you told me you were already working on it. The fact that you had an idea of like, I'm going to plan my week a whole week ahead of time and all of that, like that gave me confidence. If I was to hire you, I'm like, oh, okay. I would feel better as, you know, as someone who's hiring you to think I could check in on Chris a week ahead and he could tell me exactly everything that's going on. I think those aspects, like the fact that you gave a very specific example, that to me helped me picture you in the role. Got it. Okay. And one thing I've wondered about that answering that question is, should I get specific about the problem or my weakness itself? Because I almost wanted to elaborate and be like, well, here's an example or a story of a time where I was a bad at getting organized, or should I leave it sort of generic, so to speak? That's interesting. I think it depends a little bit, though I will say the emphasis of the question should be on what you're doing about it. Like, I think that should be the major takeaway. 
it is, I think what you're bringing up is a very gentle dance that so many job seekers struggle with in that how do we give them background without overloading with them with information? I would say a lot of job seekers give too much background and you definitely have not done that, but it can actually, it can kill the deal, right? Because now all I'm focused on is all the different ways that you have been bad at this thing versus understanding how you process your weaknesses and how you turn those into not necessarily strengths. I don't think all of our weaknesses should be strengths, but at least a workable solution that feels right and really helps you to perform at, at a higher level. Awesome. Great insight there, Madeline. I want to ask you one more question before we leave listeners with your final piece of advice and how people can find out more about you. And that's how the heck do I explain why I left my last job? And I almost think this sounds like a cruel question, but I know it's being asked, why did you leave your last job? How am I supposed to answer that, especially if I was laid off or fired? Ooh, okay. So the reason why they ask this question is because they want to be better than the last experience, right? Like, so it's more of they want to understand, okay, is the reason why you left because the work was not collaborative enough? right? You were always in a silo. You never really got to talk to your coworkers. If this role is exactly that same way, the company will mm. understand, okay, this is probably not compatible. Mm. And it's a very innocent question. If they say it's because it wasn't collaborative enough and this job that they're going for is super collaborative, the company's only going to be more confident that, oh, perfect. We are going to be the solution because a company is always optimizing for who can we hire that will be naturally motivated and more naturally retained. So someone who will hopefully be here for a long time so that when we invest all this capital, especially up front, to train them, to get them up to speed, that that pays off in the end. It's a fair question, a good question. I, I looked at it with skepticism, but now I get it when you're, when you're hiring a lot of people. Exactly. And it, it is, but it, it does feel abrupt and it does feel almost rude. Sometimes it's like, okay, like that was the past. This is now, whatever, let's move on. So I would say, especially if you are, I think you said fired or laid off. If, we're, if you're laid off, what is so important to do is to just give the facts. Actually, before I go deeper into this, I want you to know that this is a question that we answer as short as possible. Okay. Okay. So I just want to set that baseline of no matter what your short. answer is. Okay. You can sometimes answer it in one sentence. Okay. So it might be, you know, if you were laid off, Layoffs happen all the time. Anyone who's in business should understand that layoffs, that, that's just business. And so you just want to say something like, I really loved my last company. I would have stayed there longer if I could have. But they ended up laying off over 75% of the staff. And I was in the second round of layoffs. One sentence, baby. Like, sure. that's it. And <laughs> and I also noticed I started the answer very positively. I like and that you said you would stay with. I'm like, oh, here's a loyal person who yes. likes what they do. So I think that said a lot. Just that one, those few words. Thank you. Exactly. That's They're picking up on all of these signals constantly they're giving in the interview. So let's say that we were fired. We were terminated. Possibly it was even performance driven. I would say that one of the ways you can do it. So, okay. This is really tricky. If you tell a company you were fired, I'm going to be honest with you, you might lose the job opportunity. So it's really tough to give like the exact right answer here. But one of the ways you can do it is something like the role ended up being, you know, we thought it was going to be very client facing, but it ended up being completely operations. 
So, you know, it was a mutual split. Like we, we understood that I was probably not the best person for this role. You know, the company kind of changed what they needed in that role. And so we ended up splitting ways. Something like that, where it's a little bit more positive and you're taking a bit of ownership. Don't use the word just, fired, right? Because that just sounds right. fire, fire. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's very difficult, Chris, to answer this question because it's like, you know, I ever want to tell anyone to lie, but I am going to be completely 100% honest that if you do say you're fired, there is a chance that you just lost that job opportunity and the best people in the world have been fired. If you've been fired, that doesn't reflect on you. That just means that you're a flower plant in the wrong garden. I love that. And you've spent so much time in the HR world, so you know how people come across. So that's really good advice, I think, that I would stand by there. And again, if I were knowing that I was fired or laid off, this would probably be something that I would stand in front of the mirror and practice so it doesn't seem like I'm a rambler or like I'll actually time. Don't make this like a two minute diatribe, really. So thank you. That's exactly it. Awesome. Well, Madeline Mann, you've been such an excellent guest for the podcast. We're honored to have you on the show. What final words of advice do you have for job seekers and career warriors? It's so important that you have this preparation as well as this feedback. Chris is, has amazing answers. And even in this moment, right, we were helped to, to collaborate and build off of it. So just make sure you're not job seeking in a silo, getting no feedback. Make sure you're really helping to level yourself up. And you have everything you need. It's more about really understanding the skills it takes to sell yourself in the job interview because you are making a high ticket sale in the job interview. They're about to pay tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And most of us have never made a $100,000 sale before. And that's what you're making here. So if it's difficult, if it's challenging, that is normal. Awesome. Well, excellent words of advice. Madeline Mann, thank you so much for coming on the Career Warrior podcast. Tell us about how we can find out more about you and maybe some free resources for job seekers. Absolutely. So you can find me on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash self-made millennial. Check out my website, madelinemann.com. On the front page, we have uh, lots of free resources and even a resume workshop for free. And we, I'll also make sure to give you all the tell me about yourself worksheet and also give you the story toolbox uh, worksheet as well as some prompts to help you make sure you're coming up with the right stories and we can, we can link those. Awesome. Of course, listeners, you know what I do. This is hyperlinked in the description. So make sure you're not jogging or driving, pause what you're doing, and then check out Madeline's website, her YouTube channel which I've checked that out. She has a lot of specific questions about how to answer these interview questions. So if you just want more, if you need more interview help, definitely check that out. It's really helpful. So Madeline, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You were excellent. Thanks so much, Chris. Good to be here. All right, listeners, that wraps up the Career Warrior podcast. Really enjoyed delving into this one. I was sweating bullets there answering my greatest weakness for you, but I hope it was able to illustrate how to answer that question. And I just loved hearing Madeline's advice here to focus on the company and to really know that all of these questions go beyond the surface level. So figure out what that is and figure out how to put your best self forward whether in the form of stories, examples, or just letting yourself shine. All right, listeners, don't forget to leave a review. Remember, I thrive off these reviews and connecting with me on LinkedIn and letting me know what you liked about this episode. So if you did like it, I always recommend learning by tagging both Madeline and myself on LinkedIn. I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW, and Madeline Mann is, of course, Madeline Mann on LinkedIn. So tag us, share this episode, and let us know what you thought. All right, listeners, that wraps it up for today. 
I'll see you next time. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.